Hello and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 73. I'm your host, Cameron Shushtar, and with me is... James Seelig. James, we haven't recorded in a week. It's actually, I guess, technically two weeks now because uh, I did Extra Life. Yeah. And it was it was fun. Uh, if you guys listened to our last two episodes, uh, we, we recorded them on the same day. It was actually November 1st when we did it. It was uh, Day of the Dead. And... Oh man, it, we we made a a fun like backlog play watch episode that turned out that I barely even hit yeah a dent into my list of if stuff. If I if I had known that you had so many things on your list, I would have let you do, uh, do like two or three to my one. <laughs> if I had known I had so many on my list, <laughs> I didn't really. I never counted it until then. And I was like, oh geez, geez, Louise. Uh, yeah. So we did that just so. Uh, when I did Extra Life, I wouldn't have to worry about recording that weekend because I'd be gaming 24-7 for one day, and or 24 hours, I guess, not 24-7, and uh, sleeping the next day. And James, Extra Life went well. I yeah, I saw you. I, uh, I saw you playing a little bit of uh, Division 2. Yeah, I started off with uh, Red Dead Online. I finally got mm. into it, and I was actually having a great time with it for about three hours or so. Very quiet, very good, and eventually after that I went and started playing with some coworkers uh, on Division 2, and it was fun. We uh, all did our instant level up, which basically I found out what it does. So I bought everything for it, and when you do the full-on, like, uh, hit the third, like, jump to 30 immediately, it uh, erases everything. So, like, it's... it acts like you did the initial campaign uh. and uh initial it basically brings you right to the end game with the black tusk right which was okay. perfect for me since that's where i left off on my ps4 but i switched to pc oh, right. so awesome. i was like oh this made my life 20 times easier and so i've just been doing a uh, the black tusk and that for i think we went for five hours or so six hours i think i, I can't remember uh but the conversations were messy. And then uh, after that, switched to Gears 5 with Brandon. And then did that for about five hours or so. Uh, and then ended, which I thought, I wasn't sure, because I only did like an hour, hour and a half of it, uh, but Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And I thought I'd just uh, get to a certain point. And James, I think I got to, it was like 2 to, I'm going 9 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's uh, about 2 to 5 a.m. I'm dying. Like, I'm starting to yeah. hit the wall. I'm not doing so hot. And I, like, get up, move around a bit. I took ice and threw it down my back, like, four times, which was Do fun. Do you not have, like, a bunch of caffeine just on hand? I, I started drinking my Mountain Dew Kickstart I saved. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was just, like, well, I was trying to, honestly, I was going natural for the most part. It was pretty good. And... I was just like, oh man, I'm, I'm I'm dying. Once I hit post 5 a.m., I get hit by that nasty second wind where it's like, I'm going, I'm going. I made it now to 9 a.m. And then I'm like, we did it, guys, 24 hours. And I look at Shadow of the Tomb Raider and I'm like, I'm pretty close to the end, I think. <laughs> so I'm awake. I'm awake. Let's keep going. I went three more hours. Oh I went God. to 27 <laughs> hours and I beat the game. And I was so... I was like still awake and I'm like, you know, I want the plan was originally after Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I was going to play like Modern Warfare for three hours. And I was like, 
you guys, should I should I play some Modern Warfare? Some do some multiplayer? <laughs> After it was done, 27 hours in, and I, all the comments were like, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was, it was, dude, I only played four games this year. Whereas last year, I on my list, I had like 12. And I think I did like six of them, maybe. Uh, six or seven. Uh, this year, I did, my plan was five, and I did four. Uh, and there was another plan potentially to bring in Among Us too, but it didn't work out. Also, mm. like I will say easily, uh, I just I, it maybe sounds bad, but I had more fun talking to the people in chat and just responding to them, playing Red Dead Online and Shadow of the Tomb Raider than I did actually like having to worry about streaming and putting like everyone's audio on stream from like mm. Division Two and Gears Five. And I was like, man, those kind of <laughs> those kind of sucked in comparison, to be honest. Uh, which was interesting to say the least, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was really fun, and so was uh, Red Dead Online. I was very happy to have played those specifically uh, during the stream. And James, I last year I raised $700. This year, uh, it's tracking to be 930 I believe. Oh, damn, nice. Yeah. And that's not, it's not only just donations. The vast majority hits from, like, the, the Microsoft volunteer match I get. But mm. it's still, like, you know, raising money in general. So the longer yeah. I went, the more I was able to earn, which was good. Yeah, it's, that's super good. Because, like, I, I donated to the link that you put on Facebook. And I only ever saw, like, my donation listed on there. So I was like, oh, no. I hope he didn't waste, like, 24 hours. But you did really good, though. Thanks. Yeah, no, I think, how much did you put in? Uh, 25? 25? Okay. Because uh, I think you put it... Because I tagged the hospital, I think it made that donation link, and I tried to get rid of it, because I'm like, that's not the link to the... Oh, no. So I don't think that actually counted towards the... Uh... Uh... So that means, I mean, in... I would have raised 955 then. Damn, if I had known, I would have... I, it's I... okay. Yeah, oh, but wow. I, uh, yeah, I was putting the link there, but it's okay. No worries, no worries. It went somewhere, at least, I guess. It's like yeah. it doesn't even go to UCF Benioff. It just goes to Facebook. They're like, ah, yes, excellent. We got part of this. I'd be so sad if that actually yeah. was true. I have no idea how Facebook does it. Who knows? Maybe they get a, they do that and they get a tax write-off for just putting a donation link. That would be insane. But I'm just, I'm making rumors out of nothing. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sure they have some creative lawyers. That would not be surprising to me if they would just right? figure out some way to make the best, the most uh, return on their money for just doing some charity work. Yeah, that's very true, actually, though. Uh, yeah, so did Extra Life, and we recorded before that, so we wouldn't have to worry about it during that. Plus, uh, on our last episode, when we released it, it was after the election, or in the middle of a four-day election, yeah. I guess, technically. We didn't know the results yet, so we were just like, well, we don't know what like next What's week is going to be happen? like. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and I love the, uh, the comedy button guys. We're doing the whole, like... <laughs> Thank God we have President Denver Broncos. I don't know why I covered my mouth. I was, I was trying to do the Simpsons thing. Yeah, it was. I, I watched that episode as well. That was the, 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 <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals won't give up. the, the yeah. They won't leave the Super Bowl. That was pretty uh, good. Yeah, comedy. I mean, comedy button noise has been one of the primary top three technical influences for us for sure. But yeah, it's just a fun time to listen to them. Yeah, they're great. And obviously, we're recording now today. I forgot to say the date, James. Today is Sunday, November 15th, and it is about to be noon. 
and we're post-election. We're we're out of that, so. Well, we don't really know because uh, the outgoing guy is just like, wow. That's right. I yeah, the Bengals won't leave. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. Well, I I mean, so far, at least like the initial first step of what we needed to do is like, yeah, done. So there's a little bit less anxiety, I would say, at the very least. For sure. And more annoyance from just the obnoxiousness of uh, certain stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But we won't, we won't get into that. We could do just be like, yo, let's do one minute of just like get all the politics out and just start shouting it out. And then like the minute's over and be like, ah, I feel refreshing. Let's continue on with the show. 15 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So extra life is done. Election is done. All that anxiety is for the most part over. And we can continue on with the show, James. And uh, I will say to uh, before we do get into it, uh, there are a couple things. Uh, one, if you haven't checked it out yet, once again, go to uh, the Story Brigade podcast and you could check out uh, when I guest appeared for them. It was my buddy from school, Carson, and his brother, Connor. Mm. Uh, I pitched an interesting Godzilla movie. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's something because uh, it's uh, I think I talked about it once, but they spin a wheel twice and it hits two different genres and they put them together and make a movie out of it. And because it was Godzilla's birthday, same day as Election Day, Godzilla's birthday was more important. Godzilla uh, versus America. Yeah, uh, it was Godzilla. And then the second topic was, uh, I guess I'll just say it now. It's OK, but political thriller. Uh-huh. And so you have to put Godzilla and political thriller together into a movie. Uh, uh, okay. Huh. Yeah, because it's like two genres. So one genre is already Godzilla. And wait a minute, but that's basically like Shin Godzilla. That's so what I that... said on the show. I said, guys, there's already a political thriller. Like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's the 2016 Shin Godzilla movie. You'll hear it on the show when I talk about it too. I just yeah, cracked like, up. I was like, huh. Half and, the part uh, of that movie is watching like how would a like bureaucratic government with so much red tape handle like a immediate disaster like Godzilla. Yep, and I. Uh, I then said, that's why, because that already was created, I said, let's go a different direction. And I chose, James, to go, I won't go into it much, but I'll just say this. I chose to go into the Roland Emmerich direction of 1998. And I was like, uh, yeah, we could do a Godzilla movie that's set in America. But, like, we don't even necessarily, you know, it'd be crazy if it's not even Godzilla. And it's like the, the people in the state that's happening in just think it's Godzilla because they don't really know any better. And oh. I'm like, oh, so do like a War of the Worlds type thing where like everyone just thinks there's a monster. Uh, no, there is a monster. Oh, oh okay. So oh. what happens is, uh, <laughs> I'll just very fast. Uh, it's uh, it's it's set in Florida, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I I immediately said Florida, and uh, they they keep dumping ir- ir- uh, radiation in because it's Florida. And then um, in the water, and it mutates both a alligator and a boa constrictor. And the alligator just, like, can walk on its legs, but it's just a giant, and, like, it spikes out. So it basically looks like Godzilla, but it's, like, Gatorzilla, basically. (laughs) And it's just an alligator, though. 
So it's just like when it goes near buildings, it's just trying to balance itself because it's not used to walking on its legs. And it's like, I don't I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is happening, right? I'm just an alligator. Like, what the fuck? And he's just like falling around like, I don't know what the hell's happening. So that's why it's destroying buildings. It's yes. like, it doesn't mean to. It's just trying to catch itself. Yes. And there's a whole thing of like Washington, D.C. sends like a regulation team down to see what the hell's happening. And then the Florida dude's like, I saw this alligator walking down my lawn. <laughs> and it's just like. And then you just see the gator and everyone in Florida just thinks it's normal because it's just Florida. And I was like, also, there's like an irradiated Florida man, too. Uh, but it's just like the same thing. He's still just a Florida man. So he's just like mowing his lawn outside. He's just massive and all this other shit. Huh. It's fantastic. Just give the give the podcast a listen. It's very ridiculous. Like I just said, like, yeah, we already got the, the good one. Let's make the bad one. And we made one. And it sounds fantastic. It really... I also... Uh, James, I'll say this. America, Florida, Disney, and China are all involved in this. Okay. I, yeah. We got that into it. And then also we left a, we left room for a sequel where Disney makes the next villain. Uh, which is like a mecha version of it. Because it's Disney. Alright. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's like... Uh, if Yeah. It's, it's a good time. Anyway. Yeah. So that's one show. Another, uh, I, I keep getting, James, I keep getting pulled into Apollo City Comics' uh, movie commentaries, and mm-hmm. we just recorded, it won't be out until late November, but we just recorded a Swamp Thing one. Ooh. And it wasn't the new show, James, it was oh. the 80s movie, which was the sequel to the original, Return of the Swamp Thing. I know nothing of either of those movies. You shouldn't. Huh. You don't want to. Oh, uh. Okay. It's so all right. I'm. I, I kept telling them. I'm like. I'm getting angry at you guys because you keep dragging <laughs> me in for all these bad movies. They're like, let's do. Yeah, let's do Constantine. Let's do Spawn. Let's do Return of the Swamp Thing. And I'm just like, I really don't like you guys right now. <laughs> you uh-huh. guys keep bringing me in for this shit. And oh god. Yeah, you can listen to Constantine and uh, Spawn currently, but they they already. Um, it seems like uh, at least for. A good amount of the movie commentaries i'll be on board now not as an official or anything but as a guest co-person right for it right. yeah well th- there's some other commentaries especially uh december coming in you're gonna love the christmas movie i, I can't say it yet but uh I- i'll tell you after the show but i don't think i can announce what will be commentarying on suit like we at least uh i i pitched the next one uh so they'll be doing the next one soon even though we missed the date for it i won't say what it is but it's gonna be a good one and then uh the christmas one is <laughs> just so fucking fantastic uh we at least got those two down and then james we also actually you know i'll talk about that one at the end uh we'll, we'll do some announcements at the end for the show itself which uh it's really just like a deadline i'm having for us for some changes that might be happening right. uh james you're fired uh uh yeah dude we're replacing you with uh doogie hauser the the young doctor <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that huh? remember neil patrick harris plays doogie hauser uh i i like didn't hear the doogie hauser thing so i was just like the young doctor why yeah the, the young doctor that's actually an anime i wouldn't be surprised right i don't know all right 15 minutes in talking nonsense uh i just it's been like two weeks so i wanted to just kind of spew for a bit there guys you know uh we got some news i thought because we delayed a week for this and like did a regular non news episode 
uh, that we would have a lot of news for two weeks, James, and we don't, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah, not really. I mean, it uh, seems like most of uh, what people have been focused on is just like the console launches for this last week. Pretty much. But we got uh, we got Disney delays, Disney Marvel news, we got DC news, we got uh, some other stuff, and uh, it's pretty much, honestly, it's just Disney and DC pretty much, plus a certain Scorpion King, which I never thought I'd be able to talk about in the news, only in like, you know, uh, maybe what we've been watching, which I did watch recently, so I'll talk about that again soon, but something about Scorpion King, and I can't wait to talk about it. And then uh, we got some gaming news. It's just like uh, Bethesda is getting a studio. Uh, Bethesda Game Studio is getting a engine upgrade, which we'll be able to talk about a little fun. And then uh, some Bioware news. So we'll be getting into that. And then, James, our feature presentation. We both oh, yeah. played Destiny 2 Beyond Light. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. You ready for that? Oh, yeah. I got some impressions. Ooh, yeah, we got... Sure. We're, we're ready. We're going to be... I, I I don't have... Oh, before we start, I almost forgot again. <laughs> PlayStation 5. I got one. James didn't. He sucks. No. Yeah, I'm very disappointed. Do you want to talk about your experience real fast? Yeah, so on midnight... Not even... Like, even before midnight on uh, December... No, it's not December yet. November 11th. Like... I set up a bunch of uh, web pages to like reload just to like see when I could get one because I mean all the pre-orders are gone obviously. Uh, strangely, Target was already sold out. I went on the PlayStation Direct website and I got into a queue for literally over an hour for it to eventually tell me they were out of stock. I n- Target just said that they were sold out. Best Buy said that they were uh, coming soon, but didn't give me a time. And by the time I woke up, they said they were sold out. Walmart, as much as I fucking hate Walmart for what they pulled with the pre-orders and just their general business practices and how they treat their employees and stuff like that and what they do to local communities. uh, Fuck Walmart. Yeah. they, (laughs) They were the only ones they were like, okay, We'll give you a shot to get a PlayStation 5 at these specific times throughout the day. And I, and I don't know if that was so that their website wouldn't be, like, crashed all day or if they could just, like, focus them to, like, specific times. But every time I tried to uh, get a PlayStation from Walmart, I, like, it, dude, it crashed the site so hard. It, like, as soon as those times, like, it was, like... Nine in the morning, noon, three, uh, three o'clock, and like six o'clock, and they, or at least my time, and I think the farthest I got was around the noon one. I got one in my cart, and I got to uh, confirming my shipping address, and then the page like hit an error, and by the time it came back, it was out of my cart. So it's just so frustrating to have the product that you're trying to buy in your cart and then just because someone gets to the finish line before you well they get your shit and you don't so that was that was my entire uh uh launch day at least for playstation was going to walmart which was my only option 
at the time and just repeatedly getting uh, disappointed because I can only assume either like thousands and thousands of people were doing the same thing I was doing and it crashed the site or a bunch of bots were just like DDoSing the site and making it so that only they could possibly get uh, the products so that they could scalp them later. Because, yeah, look at eBay like right now probably and you'll still probably see PlayStation 5s going for like the between one and two thousand dollars it's i think i saw it for five insane. yeah it's crazy like i refuse to do that I, I as much as i want a playstation 5 i'm not going to spend like two to like four times as much as it would normally cost that that would be insane oh yeah when it comes to consoles i have a rule of like retail price only i'm not going to actually get like i'll wait if i need to that's fine i actually I'd saw on best buy earlier today Instead of saying that they were sold out, they said like uh, shop out of box options. And I'm like, I don't want a PlayStation someone brought back. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with it. God, yeah, no, that would suck. Especially if it was sent back that soon. But also I know, like right? uh, I would suggest anyone that is trying to get one, just wait, just be patient. Uh, yeah. It's better to do that than to help someone get $2,000 scalping yeah no like i would that. definitely say like make sure they don't get that money like stop them if you can by not purchasing yeah uh, their ill-gotten gains <laughs> i mean like i feel your pain i i want a playstation 5 too but you know it's not like it's gonna be sold out forever you know it's just a matter of time of like when just check back every week or whatever and eventually you'll find one yeah. At least that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> I'd love to see the satisfaction of like a dude just having to lower the price over time because no one's getting it. Yeah. Like, that'd be fantastic. Dude, I've, I keep seeing this one picture of someone with like a literal wall of PlayStation 5s that they were able to secure to just like resell later. And it was just like, fuck you for buying like 20 PlayStations just so you can make some money. Like, I don't know. That, that shit just like bothers me. <sighs> I... I get it. It's like, I guess, fair game, but it's just, there's something skeevy about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that. And then Ty. So I'm, not I'm not totally jealous that you have a PlayStation and I don't. No, 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 totally. Uh, yeah, so I got a PlayStation 5, guys. And also, Ty went, Ty did the same thing you did, James, and he was not able to get one either. So. Yeah, uh, I, I was listening to both of you at the same time. Like you both were texting me, and I was oh, just really? like, "Oh, dang, <laughs> I'm sorry." Yeah, I, I felt bad though. And then, uh, yeah, I got a PS5, and then I actually, guys, I didn't open it. I ended up putting it on eBay for five thousand dollars. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I got mine because uh, I actually was able to get in during the email invitation for PlayStation Direct when it was first up for pre-order. So I was just like, oh, my job's done. And then I didn't really deal with what everyone else had to. And then it came in the mail day of on Thursday. And I was just like, oh, what a beautiful baby boy you are. And then I opened it and I looked at it and I'm like, damn, this thing's ugly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually so really funny. Me. Like uh, scrolling through Twitter on launch day, it was like a mix of people saying, oh, my God, my baby's here. It's so beautiful. And people like me going like, fuck you, Walmart, you fucking suck. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like, you know, you have that ugly kid and, you know, your kid's beautiful to you no matter what. But it's just like, yeah, that kid's ugly. 
it's like that. You're, you're beautiful like, on the inside. You're beautiful on the inside, PlayStation 5. Um, it, dude, it looks, it's funny because it's like, um, one of my friends put it best where it's like that someone went back to 2004 and asked what the future looked like and they took that concept and then put it into this console. <laughs> And that. it looks I like a 2004 future device, <laughs> which is even better because then it just, it's like, I don't know, it's like, uh, it fits right in with that, like, you know, the, the type of credits I used to joke about where it's like the mummy where it goes through and it's like, it's blasting through the tomb oh, of just yeah. like directed by, it just keeps going through. <laughs> it's like that, except it's a console, it's a machine. And it's like, because uh, they try to make it, if the color was different, it might actually look even worse, potentially, because they went with, like, you know, white-black that makes it at least, like, they they tried to give it that futuristic luxury aesthetic, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like luxury future space, I guess. And then you look at it and you're like, dude, was this made by Netgear? Did they make a did they make a router? Like, what's going on with this thing? Yeah, that's what it, people keep joking is it looks like a router. And it definitely does. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's just like Xbox. The Series X looks like a mini fridge and the Series mm-hmm. S looks like the intercom at a fast food driving. The Switch and, looks like a toaster. Yeah. I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah, the Switch actually, honestly, the Switch looks, the, out of all of them, the Switch looks fucking normal compared to the Xboxes and the PlayStation. Like yeah, if I if you put a Series S at a Burger King drive-through, I would not second guess. I wouldn't even be like, "Oh my god, it's an Xbox. I'm taking it." I'd just be like, "Yeah, I'd like to order a." Actually, if I went to a friend's house and saw a Series S, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'd like to order." That's <laughs> funny. And he's Dude, like, "What are you doing?" So I'm like, "I want my order." <laughs> what do you say? The Series S, it just looks so weird. Like I don't it know. It does. Why it looks ridiculous. Like I, I feel like it wouldn't look so bad to me if the exhaust, uh, or what do you would call it? I guess the the fan grill at the top. If that was just also white, like if it if it blended into the console, it might be look fine. Yeah. But but as is, yeah, it either looks like a speaker or a coaster or something. If you if they actually put two fans, so it's actually two massive black on white pieces there, I would actually just put a pot or pan on top of it and be like, oh boy, what am I cooking today on the stove? Yeah, it just looks like a double stove. <laughs> I do I do love that oh, Microsoft what? Uh, went along with the mini fridge meme and actually created like three real life full sized fridges in the shape of a yeah, Series X. That was pretty funny. And I'm like, oh, that's genius. Like, I would say at least out of the three, Series X looks the most normal compared to the PS5 and the Series S. Um, Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, it's just a thing. It's just like a It's just a box. Yeah, it's just a box. Uh, I already, uh, I like to name my consoles, James. Oh, really? I do. I like to give them names. And the PS5 is just going to be called the monolith (laughs) because (laughs) it's so fucking big. Uh, Dude, this kid, this is... The biggest console I've ever had. It's so massive. It's ridiculously tall compared to the others. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if you put a Series X next to it, I think I've seen the comparison photos. Like, so people put their pets next to the PS5. They put uh, a Series X next to the PS5, and it's just it's just tall. Luckily, I have the space. Like, uh, there, yeah, I put it at. worked perfectly where I had the other consoles, whereas I know other people, at least for both. I've heard for both of them that the both the Series X and the PS5 have just been very, at least in terms of placement, are very inconvenient 
um, in terms of like trying to put them in places that they'd normally yeah. do for the PS4 and Xbox One. Like for me, I could probably swap out my PS4 for my PS5 when I eventually get it, and it'll probably fit fine if I put it on its side. I just don't like the look of the PS5 on the side. It looks weird. So It doesn't look good on its side. Yeah, it does not. I used to have my PS4 on its side, and then I went all vertical so I could fit that and the series, the 1S on, like, side by side. Mm. And right now I'm looking at it because of the, also the stand for the PS5, and I'm like, when I got the series, how where the fuck am I putting that? <laughs> yeah, that one I have no clue. Like, there's no way that that's going to fit in the part of my... Uh, tv stand that my place or that my current xbox is in so like i might have to move some things around which i guess i could do it pretty easily but there's no way it's standing vertically though yeah i mean I like maybe a... move my tv over to the side a little bit and put the ps5 next to it vertically but i we'll we'll see what i have to do when i get there yeah i mean i'm gonna be rearranging everything anyway just because uh end of the month or like early december my room's getting painted but also i'm doing my final oh, yeah. purge because i'll probably be moving in like spring sometime probably oh, yeah? so uh yeah most likely we'll see uh more news on that when i actually have real news for that but uh let's just say viruses delay things um but uh yeah it's uh it, it's gonna be interesting kind of reassessing where everything will go uh once it's all done at least for the coming months uh, after the painting is done but the purge is gonna be fun i'm gonna get rid of a lot of shit i hope we'll see but all right yeah that's ps5 uh at least in terms of impressions i don't have much because i went straight into destiny 2 i need to actually play any of the new games so i don't know how the controllers uh haptic feedback actually fully works or anything i've been really bad i was just like oh boy my ps5 is ready destiny <laughs> Which I got Spider-Man and Demon Souls in the mail. I got like... Uh, you mean you didn't I, play Astro's Playroom first like everyone else did? No, I went straight to Destiny. I like installed that and it was like good to go. And I'm like, dope, Destiny time. I, I just couldn't help it. I still... I'll, I'll get to it. I'll no, get to I, it. I don't blame you. I'm still looking uh, forward to getting uh, Destiny on my PS5 and just loading shit in no time at all. I also am kind of hoping... And I know they haven't said that this is going to be a thing specifically because they've only talked about for the next gen update, it's going to mostly just be like it'll run at 4K 60 frames. But I would like it if maybe they eventually put some effort into using the haptics of the PlayStation 5 uh, controller to just like make the different weapons actually feel different. Or like every time you pop your super, like the different like uh damage type that you're using like the different subclasses could actually feel different yeah could be interesting they do. or they could just be uh, could just do nothing because it's a multi-console game <laughs> all right so let's jump into the news though james and then okay. we'll talk more destiny after and i Fair enough. dude this is a, our i think our longest intro in a while this is a 30 minute intro so mm. we'll see uh we'll see how we go uh but let's jump into the news uh first off guys disney uh had to do some delays as well as uh, a movie delay for mortal Kombat. first off two disney films uh, that i always forget they're disney now uh free guy that ryan reynolds um npc movie and oh, that mystery murder movie? movie death on the nile yeah they're but i think they were fox i'm pretty sure but huh. that and death on the uh, nile that murder mystery they were supposed to release in december 
Uh, they've been taken off of the release list for now until who knows, you know, everything's been delayed still. So that was the last of the, I think the Disney films for December for, uh, for the year. So Disney's pretty much left 2020 entirely, which, uh, someone also said, dude, this is the first year there's been zero Marvel anything. I mean, unless you count Hellstrom, which you shouldn't. But no, don't don't count that. Because yeah, there was nothing on. Uh, everything was delayed on Disney Plus. Everything was delayed for the theaters, like Black Widow, mm-hmm. including. Um, I think Eternals was supposed to come out this year. Besides that, too. Yeah. Uh, ca- um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like that. Yeah, that was supposed to come out. To... Yeah. It seems like that's being delayed till after Wandavision at, at this point. Yeah, too. like Wandavision. I think they said that the first episode is going to air in January. Yeah, it's like coming out right at the beginning of the year, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So, yeah, Disney's left completely. Who knows when those movies will come out? And also Mortal Kombat, uh, the, there's going to be a movie reboot. It's been delayed indefinitely uh, until theaters have reopened. And I believe they haven't even filmed yet. Or That makes sense that I literally do not remember that it existed. Yeah. Uh, we won't have a... Oh, actually, I guess they did film, but they said we won't have a release date for the movie until theaters reopen. Same for trailer. So everyone's just mm. kind of waiting. They're like, we'll just sit on it, I guess, which makes, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, the delays are still occurring and, you know, winter's, winter is coming, literally. when Like, this is actually real life winter is coming with the virus because it's like wave yeah. two has just started. So it's, suppo- it's supposed to be getting worse. Yeah, um, be careful out there because, I mean, we are getting dangerously close to like 200,000 cases a day here in the U.S. Thankfully, yeah. we're pretty safe here in the Bay Area. Like our numbers haven't been going up as fast as everywhere else. It's because of also our regulations and everything else too. Yeah. We're supposed San Francisco apparently has been the best urban city in, yeah. in, in the country. Yeah, so. we got really lucky that we happen to live here. But... Yeah. It just it sounds like everywhere else it's going fucking going crazy out there. Very much so. Uh, aside from all the delays, there is some other Marvel Disney news. Uh, first off, for Thor four, uh, Chris Pratt has been added to the cast list, so Star Lord will be joining the cast for Thor four, which makes sense because it seems like. Uh, yeah, I thought that he was gonna be well. As okay. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I guess I, I assumed that they were going to be in together in the next film, but that would be the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Or Yeah, so it's, I think it's going to be Thor, Love and Thunder, and huh. then Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Okay. So it makes sense that it's like a full crossover, which, I, you know, that that's going to be cool. That's mm-hmm. going to be enjoyable. Especially Ta- Taika Waititi directing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor, Love and Thunder. That'll be fantastic. That'll be a fun time, I think. Uh, but we got, so that was the first piece. Uh, next was for Guardians 3, uh, the script is done. Because James Gunn's been working on the suicide, the suicide Squad, and he's right, been working right. on Guardians 3 after the Suicide Squad. Uh, so at least the script is done for Guardians 3. So that's just a small piece of news for it uh, regarding that. And then uh, there's going to be a reboot, James. Uh, this is a, a more Disney Plus related. Because it's coming to Disney Plus, but Darkwing Duck is getting ready. Yeah, uh, Daniel has been watching the um, du- the Ducktales. Ducktales? Re- I haven't uh, watched reboot. it yet. Isn't it, isn't is Darkwing Duck in Ducktales? They have alluded to it. Like apparently, within Ducktales, there was a du- a Darkwing Duck show. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, and they even 
Um, I mean, Launchpad McQuack is a character. Uh, they th- recently introduced the Cyberduck. I forget his name. It's I essentially like that. Robocop on a unicycle. Uh, so like they they have all these like references to like the classic Ducktales like I guess shared universe with like the Launchpad or when, uh oh no where was Launchpad McQuack from? Uh, I don't know actually. I'm not too sure. Oh, it's been, oh well, um, it's been some time. Either way, like I've seen the okay, like a few episodes while Daniel was watching it, and it's a very fun show, and he really really likes it. So it's not surprising to me that they were leading to bringing back uh, Darkwing Duck as well, because that show was massively popular when it was first a thing. Yeah, and then uh. Yeah, so we don't really know too much about it. The reboot has no writer, and it's going to be at least executive produced by, it seems like, uh, Seth Rogen uh, and a few others. But, mm. you know, that's going to be fun. I- I'm looking forward to that. There's oh, yeah. still a lot of... I- I, there's so much I have unwatched on Disney+, Plus along with everything else streaming-wise, just because everything. But uh, Yo, you watching that Mandalorian? I did, James. I it's so and good. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Uh, we'll we we'll talk about that eventually, though, for sure. I think I don't yeah. know. We could talk. Do you want to just go all in on it when we finish the season, and we just that'll be our yeah. I'd, I'd rather thing? do the whole season at once. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, that'll be really it, fun. Though. It feels like they're leading towards something specific. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. They're le- lead, They're leading to something already. I'm not gonna say <laughs> what that was. So good. Uh, yeah, so Darkwing Duck's getting a reboot, and then last thing here was, uh, what was, oh yeah, WandaVision. Uh, there was just some, uh, yeah, it was the premiere date of January 2021. It's gonna be January 15th it's gonna premiere. And, uh, dude, it's, it was filmed in front of a live studio audience for one episode yeah. in black and white. Super and weird, but interesting. Yeah, and isn't it like, it's gonna be six episodes, I think? If I heard correctly, I don't know. I never heard if the uh, how many episodes there were supposed to be. I do find it really interesting that supposedly because uh, the episode was filmed in black and white. Well, when, uh, one of the weird things that they noticed was that his pink skin, uh, Vision's pink skin, doesn't really show up that well in black and white. So for that episode, they had to paint him blue. Apparently, interesting. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting too because. Uh, each episode is supposed to be a, a different sitcom genre or like a different era of sitcom, uh, I think. That makes sense. Which would be, yeah, so maybe James eventually it'll be like Friends in like episode oh, five. Oh, that's so funny. The season finale is just Friends. I think, so what I think is going to happen, James, is it's going to be like all this stuff because, you know, Scarlet Witch can be crazy. So, mm-hmm. which makes sense. This is probably her going crazy. It and, sounds like this is essentially the House of M that I wanted so bad. Yeah, this, it, yeah, pretty much. And I feel like during the, either at the end of each episode or during the episode, you'll see like a weird like flash into the real world and it's going to be like something freaky and you're just like, what the hell was that? And it's like, tune in next episode and you're going to be like, uh, what the hell just happened? And I think as the episodes go further and further, it'll probably like, show more and more of the real world or something and it'll be like oh she go she go crazy like this is really bad that's very possible yeah yeah but we'll see mm-hmm. and because i don't we don't know how many if this this is a mini series or an ongoing series for like all these new disney plus marvel shows wandavision specifically like i, I could see uh maybe of all of them loki 
going more than a season. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah. depends because uh, you never know if they wanted to give them movies after or something, depending on how the that show goes. And then WandaVision, I don't know, it seems like it would have the least uh, co- like continuation in terms of like doing another season, depending on how this goes. But it, this yeah. really does seem like a uh, limited series than a uh, yeah, full-on that, ongoing. That's definitely the feeling I'm getting, too. It, it feels like, especially with each episode seemingly themed after a very specific era of television and stuff, it seems like they just wanted to do a short series with a very specific stylistic look and stuff like that. And it's kind of hard to keep that going from multiple seasons. It's easier to do that when it's like a focused project. Yeah. Uh, another piece of news, uh, leaving Disney, uh, we are going into the Scorpion King. And yeah, something I, I never thought I'd hear about again. <laughs> I love the Scorpion King. It's so it's like it's 90s Conan when you really think about it. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, but the 90s with The Rock. Mm -hmm. But uh, Dwayne Johnson will be producing a reboot uh, for that. I don't I don't think he's going to be starring. But uh, oh, what if Jason Momoa was the Scorpion King? Oh, my God. So this is what this is from Deadline. The reboot will take place in modern times and will be written by straight out of Compton writer Jonathan Herman. And I think this is from The Rock. Uh, this is a quote. The Scorpion King was my very first role ever on the silver screen, and I'm honored and excited to reimagine and deliver this cool mythology to a whole new generation. I wouldn't have had the career I'm lucky enough to have had it not been for The Scorpion King. And I'm thrilled that we at Seven Bucks Production can help create those same opportunities for other hardworking actors today. I believe Jonathan Herman will put in the hard work to deliver a fantastic script for our global audience. Huh. Yeah, I guess that was basically his Conan because, well, technically, I guess technically Schwarzenegger's first role was like Hercules in America or whatever. But he became most famous from Conan, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, I will say like, it was his first role. I am a strong advocate that Scorpion King was his best role. I know he's done all this stuff later, but that is still my favorite. The role, the, my favorite role that The Rock has done. Scorpion King is still like if, if you know, everyone goes. If you go to meet The Rock in person, uh, maybe you're a WWE fan. You're gonna say, "Oh my God, you're The Rock!" I, you know, what's what are you cooking, Rock? And then if you're like another fan, like you'll be like, "Oh, it's it's uh it's uh, Hobbs from Fast yeah. and Furious." Like I love you, man. Or it'll be like, "Hey, you're like in everything." Good and bad. I lo- like it's. There's so many different movies. And I like. People, how, I like your workout gear. Uh, yeah, people like the shit he works out with. They like him in. Um, I forget what the show is called. Was it um where he's the football player? Um. Oh. On I think it was on HBO, but you know he's in all these different roles. Ballers. Ball. Yeah, I think it was ballers. Yeah, someone would be like, "I love you in ballers," but I would be that guy that would be like, "Dude, you're the fucking scorpion king." <laughs> And I'd just be, I'd be like, dude, and like, that's, that is, that was, it, it's funny too, because it's like early on, that was this pinnacle for me. I was like, you just don't get better than that. Like you can do whatever you want, but that was the, that was the top. That was the top. So that's just, oh God, I love it so much. So I'm excited to see what comes of that when it comes. I'm a patient man. I can wait, uh, but I, I will love to see. 
I'd lo- I just I don't know why, but I'm like, just give me give me my Godzilla versus King Kong and Indiana Jones five before this comes out. Because if this like beats them both to it, I would be so salty. <laughs> All right, uh, then uh, we're moving on. Last area of movie stuff. James, is, we've entered the DC zone. First Uh-oh. of which, Snyder, Zack Snyder, has plans for. Justice League 2 after the HBO Max miniseries. Do you think they'll actually let him do that? I don't know. I Basically, James, it all hinges on the success of the Snyder Cut. If the Snyder Cut goes well, true. they would probably be like, hey, we want you back to Justice League 2. And they'll just have him have to work with like the rest of the now movie uh, squad of people that are like you know all the all the people that are in charge of Aquaman, Wonder Woman, uh, and Shazam specifically, along with like you know the coming of Flash and Green Lanterns and stuff. So uh, he'll they'll probably have to have him work with all them so it fits correctly with like all the current stuff. But if that works, and they're like yo, this is so good, we're making it canon, dude. That would drive daniel so nuts because he like all the hype that i've been driving up like about uh justice or the snyder cut like the trailer like since i've seen the trailer i'm like holy shit this could actually be good and daniel's like boy it doesn't matter though it's not canon he's like i don't fucking care i want it to be good though there's nothing i love if they actually canonize it i could be like ha suck that daniel exactly james the, the you know what's funny the thing that I've noticed this, and we noticed it get like doing the crossovers. The one thing that is like worse than a person that likes the Snyder Cut apparently is someone that complains about the Snyder Cut because they will talk more than the person that actually likes the Snyder Cut, and they won't let it go. They just keep bringing it back up because they want to talk about it. They want to come back to it, and I'm just like, y'all got too much hate inside you. You're in the dark, so I don't like you, you Palpatine ass bitch. <laughs> uh but yeah dude i'm if this happens james pr- let's let's get this happening let's i, I want this i want this justice league I love snatter how, cup too <laughs> dude i love the idea of like so for so long people had like you had the hashtag of uh release the snyder cut it'd be hilarious if after the snyder cuts released you're like canonize the snyder cut exactly i mean i actually i finally replaced that hashtag in my profile because it's like the job has been fulfilled like we've done yeah. it it's happening and now something else requires my attention which is save the venture brothers so now it's mm. hashtag mm. save the venture brothers because that show deserves it and i think honestly hbo max should pick that up that would be fantastic but that's Dude, a, that would be so good yeah that's another thing that's like seriously one of the best cartoons i've ever seen it's it's so clever and so funny yeah it's second only to south park for me if south park wasn't around venture brothers would be my number one animated adult film I mean, adult uh, animated show, for sure. Uh, okay. Speaking of HBO Max, uh, we got some additions to the cast of Peacemaker, that John Cena uh, Suicide Squad spinoff, which apparently this will be, I think it's going to be a prequel because it's talking about his origins uh, of him as Peacemaker. And we're also getting uh, a couple more characters. Uh, we are, or at least more casting, for, we're getting some casting for it now. So Daniel Brooks from Orange is the New Black uh, will be Leota Adebayo. And then Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 Judgment Day uh, is going to be Augie Smith, 
Jennifer Holland from Bright Burn in America Horror Story will be Amelia Harcourt. Uh, uh, who She's also Amelia Harcourt in Suicide Squad, in the Suicide Squad. And Chris Conrad uh, will be Vigilante, Adrian Chase. Which uh, is interesting because we already had Vigilante and Adrian Chase in oh, right. uh, Arrow, which Adrian Chase actually became Prometheus and uh, Vigilante was a different character, but uh, that'll be interesting that Vigilante will be in Peacemaker because he's also very much, it seems like they would work together because, you know, Peacemaker is supposed to be that dude that's like, I'm going to achieve peace by killing everything in, that is against yeah. peace. As uh, John Cena put it himself, the directing that he was given was just be Captain America, but douchey. Yeah. And Vigilante, uh, well, there's two Vigilantes technically. Um, there is old Vigilante, which was like the cowboy, which Vigilante is awesome. Like if you've seen the best rendition of like, you actually get to see him at least that most people our age would know about was he was in the justice league unlimited animated, uh, animated series. He was literally, he was, he was the cowboy. Huh. Then I might've seen him at some point. Yeah. So he was there. Um, otherwise there's like the more modern Vigilante who's like name implies that's just like a dude that's like a Vigilante. He's like the Punisher basically to an extent uh but yeah it'll be interesting to see that but it's just like uh we got those small snippets of news so this this uh show is moving along which is awesome and james gunn is doing this as well uh so james gunn's got the suicide squad he's got guardians of the galaxy 3 and he's got peacemaker <laughs> so james gunn's busy he's very busy and last piece of news uh which i james i just added this right before we started recording uh, Sylvester Stallone joins the Suicide Squad for uh, gar- uh, for that movie. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, man, they, they already got like 30 people in that movie. Do they really need more people? Uh, we, but... we form some so- <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> I just, James, hilarious. I love it. If it's he just Expendables. Plays, yeah, if he just plays himself from the Expendables, that'd be fucking hilarious. That would be perfect. Just, just put, yeah, just cross over with the Expendables, the Suicide Squad. That's I'm actually from per- another Suicide Squad. Yeah, you, you, you live too old with your scars. You die young, unfulfilled. You gotta live with the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. This is gonna be so much fun. Like, uh, oh my god, I can't, I can't wait. And then, uh, Sylvester Stallone was like one of the original Guardians of the Galaxy in guardians 2 it's supposed to be like yeah. the original old squad or whatever even though i vastly do not like that film but it's like that is it's it's like it's funny that him and james gunn just keep working together now it's like this is now the second time so i'm like nice all right but that is all the movie news uh just for time's sake let's jump immediately into the gaming news which shouldn't be long at all uh first off uh, Bethesda Game Studios is upgrading their engine for Starfield, and of course, after Starfield, it'll be Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, but they are doing it, you know, for now for Starfield. So there's gonna be a big like rehaul upgrade for their engine. Now, James, <laughs> we thought there was like some form of upgrade before when we got Fallout Four, and I was like, oh, look at the facial animations are so much better. And then you still look at it compared to everything else. I'm like, this still isn't good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> plus still it's, it's still bad. buggy as shit and constantly freezes and breaks. Like, yeah, I it, mean, Bethesda is known for three things: making massive sprawling worlds, bugs, and re-releasing things. Those are the three mm-hmm. things Bethesda Game Studios is known for now. Which two of those is, I would say, only one of those is actually good. <laughs> so only one third of what they're known for is a good thing. 
Yeah, did you know that Skyrim is available for smart fridges now too? Oh God, don't even. They, well, no, not really. I don't. Yeah, I was a joke. They made that the joke time. at some point though. Because they were making, fun, they were also making fun of themselves, even though it's like you I literally keep releasing. Yeah, like I know we mentioned huh? this at some point already, but I just find it so funny that they they were like, "Hey, wouldn't it be fun if we put Skyrim on Alexa?" And then they did. <laughs> it's just like, well, it's not a joke if you actually do it, though. <laughs> yeah, and it's gonna be uh, interesting to see what they ch- the changes they make for this because James. If they make a rehaul and it just, like, it's, they go, hey, look, we're, like, top of the line PS4, Xbox One graphics now. I'd be like, good job. PS5 and Series X are out, so what the fuck does that even, is that supposed to make us happy? Yeah. Like, it's like, if they, when they do this upgrade, will will they still be behind the other, like, people that are making games, like... When you looked at Fallout 4 versus Witcher 3 that came out in the same year, you're just like, these are these came out in the same year? Yeah, I know, right? It's it's crazy. Which I was playing a in 2015 I was playing a completely different tune, but that's also because I only played Fallout 4 and not The Witcher. So and I was also very much still highly in love with uh Bethesda Game Studios before like once I played The Witcher and some other stuff, I looked at it again and I was like, Oh shit, I really was not I was like in the matrix, I didn't think of the blue pill yet, I didn't really look around. Yeah. And it I makes mean, even, so much more sense now. Even for Fallout 76, they were uh, advertising, like, there, it's going to be, the, or the map is going to be 16 times more detailed. And then we got it and just like, you sure about that? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, it uh, looks like a lot of nothing. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. And with this upgrade, though, I, I like, first things first, or first two, the two big things, James. I would say is bugs number one. Hopefully that improves the quality. Like mm-hmm. it, it stops bugs, even though it's like also it's because of the massive world they can't cover everything. But still, bugs and graphics. I would say, in just terms of also just the animations themselves, everything else like that, make it so it actually looks like a game that's on that generation of platform. Well, yeah, because I mean, I ha- each time I ha- they come out with something, it does look like it's a generation behind. So I haven't played any of the outer worlds myself yet but like the the way you interact with characters in that is very similar to fallout where you talk to them and it goes into like a i mean the the whole game is in first the zoom in and stuff yeah it zooms in on their face and you talk to them and in fallout it always seems like you're just talking to like a very rigid like character model that's just standing there moving their lips at you which is at least better than the even more rigid model of the fallout 3 (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) So, but in uh, Outer Wilds, no, Worlds, Outer Worlds, I, did, like, one of the things I noticed from all the cutscenes in the trailers and stuff like that was, like, people are actually animated. Like, they actually move like people. <laughs> yeah. So, make those animations good. Make the graphics good. Just make it look like it came out the year it came out. Is yeah, the exactly. Thing. If it still feels like it's a game from 10 years ago, then, like, what the fuck have you been doing? Yeah, it, it just, there's so much on the line. I wouldn't say there's so much on the line, especially now, too, because obviously this game is going to be yeah free, at least for Xbox and PC players. So, which I'll be playing Starfield on PC when it comes out, now that I don't have to pay for it, too. That's actually a good um, point. Unless I do, because wonder... it's like that whole thing. I don't know if the, like, if you get on Game Pass, will it have mods, or do you have to do it only? Like, will it be mm. better if I just also uh, get it on Steam and pay the extra money? which would be annoying, but 
I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I want. I wonder if like people who play the next uh, Bethesda games on Game Pass will have lower expectations because they're not it's paying free as now. much for them. Yeah. Or yeah, it's not. So, it's not free, but it's it's part of their subscription because it's part of yeah, their subscription. It like, it's part of so, just a. It's just one more piece of a broader thing that you're getting as a service. Yeah, so I think it'd be interesting to see if people are more favorable to Fallout 5 or whatever, or I guess the next thing would be Starfield, when they're getting it for like 10 bucks for a, a, a month of uh, Game Pass subscription or whatever, or if you already have Game Pass, it's already with your subscription. Because typically, I mean, I'll, I think that was a lot of people's gripe with Fallout 76 was that like, I paid 60 bucks for this. But if yeah. it, you know, people who maybe got it off of Game Pass are like, oh, this is actually kind of fun, you know? Is it, is it like a side thing to play every once in a while? Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to get, like, a trailer, James, until, like... Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I think it... I, I honestly... Because we'll, we'll see, obviously, when we get the trailer is when we'll finally really get to see what upgrades we're getting here. But sure. I'm thinking either the earliest, which I doubt would be like summer, like E3, basically 2021 or 2022, which I feel more, um, more, I don't know. Also, I mean, like, remember Skyrim was revealed at the Game Awards, so it could be at the Game Awards. I don't oh, think it would right. be at this year's. So I think it's either E3 2021, uh, Game Awards 2021 or E3 2022. Uh, those are the three windows I see it coming into. I don't think it would be after that. I think they would have it before. They would want to tease something, considering like uh, they already announced it long enough that which I it was not the smartest thing to announce it back then. Especially yeah. Elder Scrolls Six was even a worse thing to say because it's like why would you? You just say you had something happening. Was that why? You need I know to, that's so funny. It's they needed like... to make people forget Fallout 76 was the only thing going on. <laughs> Yeah, that was the funniest thing. Is like, hey, we're doing a new IP. It's space themed. People were like, oh, whoa, that's crazy. I didn't think they were gonna do that. It's like, and by the way, we're gonna do another Elder Scrolls game. Like, but well, I never had any doubt about that. That's kind of your cash cow. Yeah, it's like, dude, I'm not, and I. It's funny too, because it's like also, we talked about like when now that Obsidian and Bethesda are in the same company, it's like fallout 5 yeah. when would that come out because james if knowing their track record and their like uh consistency of releasing games skyrim 2011 fallout 4 2015 fallout 76 2019 2019 plus plus uh doesn't obsidian already have that Elder was it 2020 game no it was 2018 it was 2018 i think 20, fallout 76 what was it what well, it doesn't uh, uh, but oh no, Obsidian. What well, uh, d- uh, doesn't Obsidian have? Or they announced like an Elder Scrolls type game. Avowed. Uh, yeah, avowed. Yeah. yeah. So I think that you know Starfield, we're not going to get until like 2022, 2023, maybe, maybe uh, 2022. But I'm like, I, I, I'd feel more towards 2023. I could be completely wrong. Like I think it could come out in 2022 potentially, but uh, it would be one of those two years. Elder Scrolls 6, I really don't think we would get until like 2026 or something like that, 2027. Like, I, I don't see it coming anytime soon. 
And then if that happens, and then there you go, we're going to make Fallout 5. It's like, yo, I can't wait to see Fallout 5 in 2030. Yeah. It's like 2031 or something like that, which is why I think after Avowed, they should just give Fallout to uh, Obsidian, because at least that would actually be a better... That would be better for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this engine goes. We'll see what happens with that should be interesting to say the least and last piece of news uh bioware uh they are of course bringing back the mass effect trilogy that's coming dude so excited and they're also that elevator is working on two seconds yep (laughs) and the bioware one of the teams of bioware is working on a mass effect game now too yeah mass effect which uh we'll see how it goes yeah i guess the thing i'd want to talk about james is obviously andromeda wasn't so hot yeah i still haven't played it i got it for christmas last year i i don't think i even unwrapped it oh shit you got that yeah (laughs) you say with just like a sigh (laughs) it's like like yeah i have it people keep telling me that the story itself is like pretty good and the gameplay is fun but it just the biggest problem with it is that it didn't need it's like a sequel to a series that didn't need a sequel really you knew they were gonna make more of it it's ea and it's a big prop popular title franchise whatever it just sounds like apparently nothing really interesting happened in this one yeah i mean it's it was supposed to start off a new like a new trilogy of games i think and then i don't think they're making a sequel to that who knows what they're going to make with a new mass did they cancel all the dlc I think they did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we would have seen it by now. I think I'm pretty like I think we would have had it by now. It's been like, dude, that game came out in 2017. Jeez. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Like that that game came out a while ago. And the way I see it, because I, obviously Bioware has not done well recently. Yeah. Like they basically put out two two uh two f's pretty much like it was like two well, f's in the chat for bowers last game well that jason schreier article about anthem really laid out that like even uh um dragon age inquisition, inquisition. which some of them were liked. trying to make it bad on purpose well it was like apparently or they wanted it to fail apparently. or they wanted it to fail because they their production process is so flawed that it, it leads to so much stress in the work environment that it's almost like it's a fluke that it actually succeeded. Yeah, which I will say, uh, ironically, ironically, because, all right, uh, let me just give you my quick mm-hmm. my quick history with Bioware. Uh, I started with Dragon Age Origins. So right. I remember the first thing I saw there stuff, because I didn't really have an Xbox. So I didn't play, like, the Kotor games and stuff. I didn't play, I think it was, like, what was it, Everwinter or Baldur's Gate or something. I forget which one was their games they made. But uh, I remember going to my friend's house and watching him play Mass Effect 1. And I saw the way the character moved, and I saw the Mako, and I was like, "Bro, you like this?" And I walked away, and I was like, oh, "This looks fucking stupid yeah. to me." And I played Dragon. I saw Dragon Age Origins next, and I was like, "I have to get this game," because I was I was hot off of Oblivion, which was my mm. first real RPG that I really liked. And I saw Dragon Age, and I was like, "Fuck!" And I love that there were all these different options. You have all different origins, and I love Dragon Age Origins. That was like my first power game I liked. And like I said, I didn't play Kotor, so I kind of missed that window. But I love Dragon Age Origins. And then was it Mass Effect 2 came out. 
I loved Mass Effect 2. I was like, this is so good. I love this. And I didn't even care that I didn't even play Mass Effect 1. I like did the comic thing. And I was like, because for me, Mass Effect 2 felt like such a good one shot story. Like it felt so good standalone. I think that's why I liked it so much because it wasn't like it didn't feel like it was just the middle of a trilogy. The Mass Effect trilogy as a whole is still one of the best RPG trilogies that I've ever played, in my opinion. But Mass Effect 2 particularly is one of the best games I've ever played. Yeah, that it's so Ma- good. I love that game so much. Like that Mass Effect 2 was fantastic. And then I got Dragon Age 2 and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Everything. Of, the only thing that was improved was the combat. Everything else about this game, like you went from having six different origins p- potentially uh, for di- all these different characters was you're now human and you just choose your class. And you're in the same city doing missions in the same areas. It's just like, oh, do you want it at night or day? And, then, and just, yeah, I didn't it, care. It sounded like it was just really boring compared to the first one. It was really fucking boring. Mm. And I was so happy when I was done with it because I just wanted it to be done. And I was like, well, damn, I like the first one. And I was like, what the hell are they going to do for a third one? Because, I mean, obviously, they started off like the Civil War between like mages and Templars and shit. But uh, then Mass Effect 3 came out. And so, so far, I played three games and I've liked two out of three and Mass Effect 3 comes in and I like it so far. I like it. I like it. I like it. And I'm like, I'm investing all this time. And then obviously, you know, the thing comes in. It's the ending. Yeah, the ending like, this is sucks. a little, eh. And then they release it like three months later and they're like, we have your ending. And I'm like, bro, I already finished this meal. I don't want it now. <laughs> the yeah, food's luckily, too cold. <laughs> I didn't get around to finishing it until after the, um, the added stuff at the end the, the that they passed oh, you in. T- yeah. So I got like a decent ending at least. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. No, I got I got the. Do you want the? Do you want red flavor, blue flavor, or green flavor? And yeah. I was like, I want the flavor that kills me. Please get me <laughs> out of this shit. And uh, the rest of the game was great. It wasn't Mass Effect too good, but it was really good. And I would say that was like half a good game. <laughs> it, was, it was like it was fine. I it it basically didn't leave the best taste in my mouth though. Like the ending really does, and they're like, "Well, it's about the adventure." I'm like, "Man, don't give me that shit. Just give me a fucking good ending." <laughs> but don't give me it three months later. You should have just had that in the beginning. And uh, well, like, it's the idea is like the whole point of a choose your own adventure book is figure is seeing what ending you get. Yeah, and I'll say I'll say I'll give it like a, a half. So it's like two and a half good, one and a half bad so far for me. And then we get Mass Effect Andromeda, and I don't even want to buy it. So automatically, I mean, that's the thing without playing it. I know it's bad, but without playing it, I would say, you know, two and a half good, two and a half bad. Now we're equal. And then we get Anthem. I was never excited for Anthem to begin with. I was the f- I was the first person to not be interested in Anthem. And uh, everyone else is like, it's even you. I remember E3 came out, everyone's like, you see you went underwater, these crazy javelins, you get to play as Iron Man. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't look that interesting. Yeah, you were excited, James. You were excited. I like, like I remember being like, oh, I don't want another multiplayer game. <laughs> oh, everyone was like that. But James, you were specifically. I remember you. I did freaking out about the words Iron Man and underwater. <laughs> no, nah, that's probably very on par for me. Like I, I do still like the idea of the suits, and I did think that flying around in that game was fun, but. God, everything else around that was awful. Yeah, and it's <laughs> so like bad. 
my uh, some of my friends forced me to get on Xbox. They came to my house, they tied me up, and they said, you're buying this game. And they put down their pants, and I was like, whoa, 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 this is an anthem. And then uh, I, <laughs> like, I expected it to have some growing pains because, like, almost every one of the live uh, service games that have come out over the last generation have had some issues at launch. I didn't think they'd be that bad, though. It was like, this is bad service game at life it was it was just mad i was so un dude i was so unenthused playing it and i'm like i don't because remember they're like oh we're gonna put the bioware charm of our dialogue and everything in in this little town you're in it's like two feet wide and i'm like okay and i go in there and i'm like fuck i already like dude straight up when we started playing i was they i'm listening to the dudes talk and i'm like i really already don't care like i'm already uninterested in the story bioware which it's they're not known for gameplay they're known for story and i'm like okay i'm here for the story the story shit fucking sucks and i look at the gameplay and i'm like well at least i got the gameplay and i'm playing the game like i'm fucking bored (laughs) and we stopped playing immediately and i'm like well that was great so the last mass the last bioware game i oh then i forgot actually i just totally skipped it between mass effect 3 and Bioware, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda was Dragon Age Inquisition. Dragon Age in- Inquisition was my game of the year of 2014. That was actually, like, I liked that. It was, I loved it a lot. Um, I don't think it gave me the same... It was really good. I don't know if I loved it as much as Origins. because Just, I guess, for nostalgia purposes. But Inquisition, I really didn't... Like, they did, even though they, they were like, I hope it fails. I was like, this is really fucking good. Also, 2014 was a very laxed... That was, like, the laxed year. Uh, it was between all the launch titles from 2013. Mm. It was before 2015's Insanity, where every game was the game of the year. They're like, look, it's Metal Gear Solid 5, it's Witcher 3, it's like Arkham Knight, it's fucking Fallout 4, it's everything. And you're like, I can't, I can't breathe. Stop mm-hmm. it. But um, yeah, so it's like honestly half and half. Like at this point with Andromeda and Anthem. Uh, they're teetering more on the negative for me in history of games I've played of theirs and, and checked out, or at least like, re- like at least since I've been into them. And with this new mess, like right now, James, they have three things cooking. They have Dragon Age Four, which I am excited about, but I'm still slightly now after their last two games more apprehensive. They yeah, also have sure. Anthem 2.0, which apparently is like 14 dudes apparently working on it. The last we heard. But also they've been sending out details of how things are changing that I don't still care about. Um, I honestly still won't care and I won't look, f- I won't go out of my way to see the differences. I will need to be literally dragged back in by the people that made me buy it in the first place. Um, and then now a new Mass Effect. And I just want to quickly ask, James, what do you want in this new Mass What will make you want to play this new Mass Effect? Which for me, I will just say very quickly, make it like Mass Effect 2. Make it so yeah. good that it's a standalone game that it doesn't need a trilogy. You can make a trilogy out of it, but for now, make it so Is this is the ride or die. Act like this is the last one. How are you going to do it? Yeah, I mean, Mass Effect 2, one of the things I loved about it so much was that like there was a huge, well, there was a, like a variety of characters on your crew that you could choose to put into your party on when you went on missions and i cared about every single one of them and you get these character specific missions to flesh out their backstory and their character and 
I really, really wanted to do every single one of them because I wanted to know more about each one of them. Like, especially like Thane was one of my favorites in Mass Effect 2. The, uh, uh, I forget what his species is called. But he's like but an he, assassin, yeah. Yeah, he's an assassin and his species has like perfect recall to the point where when they remember something, it's like they're physically there. And like, but he had like a terminal illness. I was just so fascinated by the, him in particular. I want them to do that shit. Like, I didn't, granted, I did not play uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, so I don't know if any of the characters on the crew in that were just as interesting. But if they can, if if I hear reviews saying that it's got a compelling story and characters that you actually care about, then I, I'm probably going to be in. Because... I mean, like, I, I keep saying this on our show, like, over and over again. Like, if you just tell me a really good story, I will happily play your game. Because, you know, gameplay is fun, but it only lasts while you are playing the game. If you tell me a good story that makes me think about it for a long-ass time, that that sticks with me. So, like, I'm still thinking about Mass Effect 2 to this day. Uh, so if they can do that again and just make me actually care about each individual character or even just like a handful of characters. Like, dude, even Joker from the, the pilot seat in, of the Normandy was interesting. I mean, par- partially because he was voiced by uh, uh, Seth Green, who's yeah. I, I'm kind of a fan of. But also it's just funny that like he, he had like an interesting quirk of, you know, he wanted to be a pilot his whole life because he couldn't be a soldier because he has like hollow bones so he's like constantly uh, breaking his bones. And there was this like in Mass Effect 2 when they uh, put in Edie into the ship as like an AI. And he, there was like this interaction where you would talk to him and he'd be like, uh, you're like, oh, hey, how you doing, Joker? Like, uh, not not bad, Captain. Fractured my thumb on the mute button, but, you know, not too bad. Because he was like constantly at odds with Edie. And it was just hilarious like that. I don't know. I liked little touches like that. That like he constantly is breaking his bones because he's so brittle, but he's still a part of the crew. And he's like, "Oh yeah, j- jokingly, I broke my thumb muting the AI." Like that. Even the pilot was an interesting character. Yeah, they did. No, they did a great job until until uh, I mean, their best character, James, is probably uh, in Mass Effect Three with James with uh, James Vega. Hey, Shep, you want to oh, yeah, go a few rounds? That was so stupid. <laughs> James Vega. Hey, loco. Hey, yo, hey. <laughs> Fucking James Vega. That was, that was a fun character. But also, like, you're working with the elusive man and, and stuff. Like, that was just... Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. we're not going to go into nostalgia mode from Mass Effect 2, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it again anyway once this trilogy comes out we'll be probably playing through all three and i'll finally play through through the first one for the first time so that'll be fun or we'll see i don't know i'll I'll probably i'll be like yeah i didn't like one the first one is still really really good it's just my biggest issue with it was it had too much inventory management where there was like a bajillion mods that you could apply to your armor and it it just required so much micromanagement i also heard the mining is terrible yes that was also very boring i hated the mako Yes, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, I might be. It might be like for Mass Effect One. I'll just put on the easiest difficulty and then flash through it just so I can get the two. I'll be like, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't want to do things, please. Yeah, honestly, if there's just a like 
story mode where it's like you basically breeze through all the combat and it's just story i might i might play that because those games are long as shit yeah and it's the, the three of them i'm like oh god yeah it's like i got excited it's like same thing with the mafia trilogy where i was like oh boy i'm excited also i'm already tired just hearing <laughs> the announcement <laughs> yeah it just yeah but we'll see how this goes um they got three games coming or technically two games and a 2.0 of anthem so we'll see how that goes or i yeah. won't just see it at all I, I tried looking for Anthem 2.0 news when uh, you mentioned we were going to talk about Bioware. I still can't find anything. Yeah, I thought there was an article I saw somewhere about it, but I don't know. I don't think it was full 2.0, but they're like, here's some improvements we're starting with. Or I, don't, I don't remember anymore. But yeah, so we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll see how these hap- how these go. Obviously, I, think, I hate to say it. I think they should just let Anthem die. I think they should have just, yeah, they, let them let it die so I can throw my disc to the sea. I don't It's I like don't. it's not even an interesting world that they set up. So it really isn't. It I really just don't care. it really isn't. They just wanted to compete with Destiny. That's mm-hmm. what the end of the day it was. And this was cuz each if each publisher made theirs. Activision had Destiny at the time. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft uh, Division um and now we have Godfall which no thanks i'm, I, I'm hearing I'm still... that the gameplay for that is like kind of fun but the story is extremely forgettable you know james it's like i told everyone that this didn't look interesting and no one listened to me <laughs> i knew it i knew from the beginning i looked at that and i was like this looks generic as hell and no Life one wanted made to it sound me. so cool though man that was a paid advertisement don't even he he even said yeah. it in an ad i was like oh god yeah no 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 See, you should be listening to me now. Well, it's like, okay, so maybe they put a lot of interesting lore backstory into the game, but you're not playing through that story. That's all stuff that happened before the game. So In th- the olden days be, of the Yeah, Never it's Town. like, so I guess that could be interesting, but yeah. if if what you're doing in-game makes no fun. Like, it's like in Destiny 1. Speaking There's, of which, we are running out of time. It's oh, yeah. time to, we should get into it now. Like right, Destiny sorry. One had so much backstory before Destiny's campaign started, and yeah. it like it had nothing to do with the. How the much time I spent on the app, like reading lore. I, I know, I right? Can't, I can't even tell you. But all right, all right, time to get into it, guys. It won't be that long, just because we haven't done everything. But this is more like first impressions of yeah. Destiny Two Beyond Light, which I've already played on PS4, PC, and PS5. Which PS5 is just the PS4 version. They haven't actually done the upgrade yet. Yeah. And I'm excited too, James, because uh, when I installed Destiny 2 on my PS4 originally, I had the disc, and then eventually it became free. Uh, but it wouldn't mm. let me play without the disc because it already had the disc version installed. Uh, so no. I just got to download it on my PS5, and now I officially can, oh, I can yeah, shelve my Destiny version. 2 disc. Yeah, so now awesome. I can put away the disc and never uh, see it again, which makes things a little bit easier. Um. Destiny 2, Beyond Light, guys. I There is, like, a soft cap of 1,200 light. Yeah, I and then uh, With the powerful gear and everything else, you can get to 1,220. And then uh, with the pinnacle gear, you can get to 1,230. I have already gotten to 1,200 with all three of my characters. And I have also beaten the campaign, the initial base campaign... With all three of my characters. This is the fastest I've ever gone through 
a new expansion. Normally, I'll get through maybe one character, and that's about it, and I'll get the other two characters months later, maybe. I did all... This is... by I just went fast. I was like, get me in there, get me in there, get me in there. And I started on Tuesday when it came out, and I finished, I want to say yesterday with my Titan. I was doing other stuff too, because also, like, Black Ops came out, and I got... Uh, peer pressure into buying that on PC, so I've been playing uh. that too. Uh, but oh my god, dude, it's uh, where do we start? How do we start? I guess let's start with the story. Let's start with the story real fast. Yeah, minor spoil, uh, some spoilers, I guess, but because we're not going to go too much into it because we got like we're going to talk about it for maybe 10 minutes, uh, in terms yeah. of just destiny. But story is really well done. I uh, we get Varric's a lot more than I expected. I didn't know we would get this much of Varric's. So my only complaint about Varric's coming back is that there's like one line where Ghost says, wait, Varric's? He's got a lot of explaining to do. And then at the start of another mission, Varric's The elephant in the room? He acknowledges the elephant in the room. He literally calls it that and says like, Cade's death was not my intention. And he kind of just leave it at that. That is true. I, I like, wanted what? more. Um, it's like, it's like, so, they're already so working together too. wasn't his like intention he still let like caused what well, he is at least partially responsible for kate's death yeah because he basically let the door he opened the door mm-hmm. that allowed kate to die um in terms of well he, he let everyone out he did the prison break that caused mm-hmm. kate to die anyway but you know at least what he, he when he was doing it I, I it was very understandable of his intentions like even then back then it's like i know a lot of people don't like varix now because of that like it's the whole thing of like you forget how much players liked cade yeah because uh, he was the favorite character for me though uh, i was on it was cade and destiny one but it was also varix varix was my other favorite character so Varys, it was already hard yeah. for me to be like hating varics because i understood why he did what well, he did too he was just so unique and interesting that he was a fallen character who spoke english yeah and which now we get more because there are some Aramis, we hear mm-hmm. aramis we hear um all the other like uh what's this praxis and phylax phylax or yeah yeah praxis phylax That's and third one uh was it um well, not Atrax. Atrax is apparently... I think Atrax is going to be in the raid because it's like, hey, go to the crypt and get the body ready. Yeah. Which means, oh, we're going to see Atrax probably as one of the... Uh, probably one of the checkpoint bosses, most likely. But overall, like, I really enjoyed seeing Varix back and there are still, like, you want, you want more dialogue of, like, hey, you fucked with us. Especially, too, if you finish the campaign and Zavala this doing like uh more of the taking back europa stuff him and varix are talking and you're like oh, okay <laughs> yeah and it's also i mean the whole thing at the end too because of all is like hey we talked to uh the awoken about getting varix immunity for now at least until we take europa yeah as well so it's like even the vanguard is actually defending varix now because also it's they see they, they see, like, that is still something from the past that's not something that's a threat to humanity. That's, like, the way everyone's kind of with the complete understanding that the needs yeah. of the many outweigh the needs of the few. It's, like, not super important to punish yeah. them right now. Which uh, Varix did say he'll answer for his crimes after. And so, like, it's all a thing of temporary immunity and all this other stuff. Like, it seems like maybe eventually we'll get repercussions from that. But I'm also kind of like, you should just let it like let things be oh wouldn't it be interesting if they put it to a community vote whether to execute him or let him live 
Oh, that would be interesting. I would vote. I would be campaigning for him to live. I would be like, let him live, please. Yeah. Because uh, also, uh, we won't get into it because like that's more of like the smaller lore stuff. I was gonna get into Mithrax and shit, but um, we get the base campaign and your story. You know, your guardian comes in there and you see Varix, who's like, hey, the fallen here are communing with the darkness. They got stasis power, yeah. and they're led by Aramis, who's like House of Devils. And then became House of... Their new house is House of Salvation. I thought it was going to be House of Dark, but it's House of Salvation, which is really cool. Because the whole thing is like the darkness is like, we are your salvation mm-hmm. in Shadowkeep. Yeah. So we see that everyone's going for salvation. It's like the Fallen or the House of Salvation. The Guardians are basically... This is their salvation as well. So it's all about salvation, which is just... It's just funny that that word has become like the word of the theme of the darkness yeah and i liked aramis too i i liked her as a villain because yeah i, I thought she was interesting i like she made also she also made sense to an extent my um, only line of hers that i didn't like was when she's like showing the fallen of uh reese reborn that like hey if you follow me i'll give you these ice powers and we can take our fight back to the traveler and she just has this re- really stupid sounding emo line where she's like, finally, the great machine will know our pain. And I was like, that I mean, I get, we still but, get, you know, like, I get it. It makes sense for the character, but I just thought it was just a little bit too cheesy of a line for the the tone they, they were going for. But yeah, I, I, I get you. Though. Uh, but other, other then, than that, I thought she was really interesting. I thought so. Just like I said, we're just kind of going brief on it. I feel like we can go more in depth after we kind of get all the initial stuff done. Or we'll talk about it. As, I feel like we could talk about it as we go. As yeah, I don't have progress. like all the things to customize my uh, stasis class yet for my Titan. I haven't. How do you like the... stasis so far? Let's just go with that real fast. So far, I think it's fun. I, I like the idea of setting up, freezing a bunch of enemies and then shattering them. And it does like a chain reaction. But for sure, some of the abilities are harder to use than others. Like, it took me a while to get used to the Titan's melee because it's almost like a shoulder charge, but you don't have to run to initiate it. He just does a lunge. Yeah. And, and the way it if works, he misses, like, it's easy to miss. Oh, too. yeah. If, if you miss, you just throw yourself into a pit super easy. But <laughs> it, it does this thing where, like, when you hold down the button he'll do a lunge and if you let when you let go he'll like auto track to like the closest enemy so if you can get used to that then you it makes it a lot harder to miss but it definitely took a little while to get used to also i like the titan's super i think it's cool that when you're just smashing down all over the place you just leave a shit ton of ice all over like it's really cool to see there's like an aftermath of my super but at the same time, it just doesn't seem nearly as effective as the Hunter's super or even the Warlock's because the Warlock can freeze people from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I played through all three. I am normally a Hunter, and I definitely especially love the Hunter's super because it's... God, Dude, the, the Revenant the is so... The first time I got to it, I was good. just like, holy shit, this thing is amazing. I mean, each one is honestly like the Storm, the Shadebinder for the Warlock. Uh, you can go and you're like shooting these little balls at enemies with your st- with your, with your wizard staff, and it freezes them. And then you uh, do like the staff 
the Gandalf like staff stomp and then that shatters them all. So it's a really cool way to just kind of do that. Just like also with the Titan, when you do the smash, it freezes them. You could then do like a lunge and then destroy them all from there too, or just keep doing the smash. Dude, it's hilarious that when you are in your behemoth mode, you can literally just sprint through all the ice and all the char- all the enemies that are frozen. You don't yeah. actually have to melee. You apparently can just run through it all. And with the hunter though, the revenant with the, oh God, it's like a whirlwind. Dude, you pickaxes. summon a, a snowstorm. It's fantastic. And then you have shurikens as well as like throwing knives. And dude, I am. So, it's finally too, like, at least in terms of. I haven't done PvP yet. James has. But it will. I think we'll. It's a little we'll, broken. We'll hold off on PvP for now too until we've really like gotten into it more. But yeah, so far, James's first things is yeah. it's been broken after I feel him telling like me a bit. A lot of people on uh, Destiny's Twitter feeds are going crazy over Stasis being completely broken for P- PvP. So I, I honestly think they're going to do some balancing very soon. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited though that Hunters now have finally some form of advantage in, cru- in Crucible, especially like you know you have to deal with uh, Hunters never really had anything. It's been like the best we can do is maybe cancel out another super. Like, that's our supers is to just kind of stop the other one for the most part. If you have, like, Golden Gun sometimes, or you can kind of hunt with it. But, like, really, a lot of people, at least for me, like, you, you either use, like, the Shadow Shot or Blade Barrage just so you yeah. don't die, not so you can go on the offensive. Yeah. And, uh, or, like, as an, a last-minute hit or something. But that's usually how it goes sometimes. Whereas, like, you know, Hunters have their crazy supers and or Titans have their crazy supers where you're just, like, you hear it happening and you're like, run, run. Yeah. <laughs> And then Dude, there's every time like, I hear a golden gun get popped, I'm just like, oh, hide. And, and then, like, uh, there's a shoulder charge where, there, like, there's practically nothing you can do about it sometimes. And then uh, warlocks have their freaking... If you're fighting a warlock with a handheld supernova, how annoying that gets, getting killed by a handheld supernova. So it's like, you just gotta, you just gotta survive when you're a hunter. Uh, but now, with Revenant, let's see how things go. <laughs> i'm ready uh which it, it's gonna Dude, be fun especially get for control you can just cast your snowstorm onto a point and just freeze everyone there because it moves it follows people it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be so good uh but back to i just wanted to quickly grow, jump over those but uh let's just finish off talking about the campaign because we didn't really talk too much about it but it's it's honestly pretty good length i would say it's uh I think someone rated it at like six hours, which is a pretty typical for a Destiny campaign. Yeah, it gives you a good amount, and even then, you still have like all the stuff afterwards. Like oh, I there's, finishing yeah, there's the campaign, you quests. still you look at your quest line, and you have I want to say like eight different quests, which like some are like mm-hmm. even getting like the Braytech armor, which is really cool. Uh, which I'm still getting. I think I'm, I'm missing two. P- I'm missing the chest and the helmet, but I now have the quest line for the chest at least specifically. Mm. And uh, it's really cool getting Braytech armor as well. It's like, oh, it this is really, really cool. Dude, I'm so excited for uh, the Deepstone Crypt uh, raid. Well, this cause... week we're getting, uh, before Deepstone, we haven't even gotten Season of the Hunt yet. That comes I know, as, right? That's coming soon, um, which I'm still like, oh, God, there's so much to do before that. Um, and I can't wait to, I, like, I want to get other stuff done before Deepstone or before uh, Season of the Hunt comes out. And then Deepstone. I'm for sure doing week one. I've d- I've decided right. like I'm not going to do day one, but I'm going to do week one. I'm going to work with my clan to get that done because I want so, that jacket. <laughs> so as much as I love, uh, or I thought Aramis was a cool story and everything, the coolest shit for me is after the campaign actually. 
Uh, what was it for you specifically? So I, I don't know if you've done any of the empire hunts, but when you fight the priestess, she's saying, I have not. So she says stuff like Aramis is not gone. She's only transformed. And I have a way to bring her back. With That's why you're excited for Deep Stone Crypt. So she's going to be in that new body potentially. Either Aramis or maybe one of her generals that you also killed in, in the campaign. I've heard uh, rumors that we might uh, even meet Clovis Bray himself. Because why wouldn't he put himself in an exo? That is very true. And the man was insane, apparently. And that, like, the dude wasn't the necessarily good guy. <laughs> yeah. And then also everything around the exo stranger who, spoilers, confirmed is Elsie Bray. Anna Bray's sister and the daughter of Clovis Bray, I believe, right? Is she the daughter or is the she the granddaughter? Granddaughter? Okay. I forget. I'm not I I'm pretty sure they're Clovis's granddaughters, but okay. I might be wrong on that. But so she isn't even from our timeline. She's from the future. Apparently. Uh, she's from a she's an alternate future where the darkness basically does corrupt everyone. Yeah. And it just turns into a different type of dark age because it's like the guardians have been corrupted. So by I'm the like darkness. halfway through collecting the lore book for the dark future, which actually gives you a glimpse of her her I haven't world. read anything yet. I, I've just Dude, been like trying to get shit done, so I haven't even so, looked at all the lore. It's so fucking cool. I can't like, wait for it. We, we, won't, we won't talk about it this time just because we still want to go over the campaign itself. But okay, like, fair yeah, enough. Let's let's keep it under the, <laughs> we're going to lose control here. We're going already over an hour and a half, but I do want to finish off on the campaign specifically uh, just to start off here. Uh, but, you know, we got Varix. So Varix is basically your vendor for Europa. He's get the one that gives you all the quests. Uh, or Basically, you go to him for the Shadowkeep quest. For which if you if you played like Rasputin's uh, Season of the Worthy, if you played um, Season of the Arrivals and you went to the uh, the, uh, the, the Drifters like transponder thing or whatever yeah, it was. The Prismatic Recaster? Yeah. Or not the... Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, but like you basically upgrade everything and you do all these upgrades to get everything going and stuff like that. I guess you also do it with the Obelisk as well in Season of the Dawn. But uh, with this you're going to Varix and the whole thing is retaking Europa. And it's like, basically you're working with, uh, it's Varix and the, and it's basically Varix and uh, the Vanguard that are working together. And they're working together to retake Europa because the, the fallen are the good fallen are leaving and joining Mithrax that isn't on Europa. And the Vanguard wants to take Europa for humanity. Yeah. Uh, and Varix I mean, is willing is to help. because solar system. Yeah. So, especially after we basically lost Mercury, Mars, Io, and Titan. So, mm -hmm. we're down four plants, especially when we were winning in them in the, initially in the beginning. And, like, uh, Zavala wants... Basically, it seems like Zavala wants to expand at least the reach of humanity of, in terms of, like, a another, like, a, a conquest, if you will, honestly. And... Uh, uh, another golden age, maybe. Something like that. But also, every, all the treasure trove of shit in there, because it's, like, a Braytech thing. And with it... Uh, there's all these quests now you can do and you have to unlock the quests, and it's like that's the way of like upgrading what would be like upgrading the re prismatic recaster is now uh, all these quests will allow you to retake europa in a sense yeah, i believe and... they're called sabotages because you're yes. basically dismantling what's left of aramis's house um, of salvation yeah yeah because for them it's like uh the vanguard wants to take retake europa varix wants to end the house of salvation because then uh the fallen will turn to the light again 
uh, which is his plan. Because he wants to save the Fallen, but he knows some are too far gone that he has to take them out and they're dangerous to keep around yeah. because they'll keep bringing bad influence. So one sense. of my few points of confusion for this story was they keep saying, I mean, granted, they, they've been saying this the entire Destiny storyline, that like the darkness is bad. It is inherently bad. Don't use it. So, but like then we actually get it and it's basically, at least so far, just ice powers yeah and i mean it's like the whole thing is we potentially you can get corrupted by it depending on your willpower for sure and so for me i was just like so they keep telling me that this power is corrupting that it that anyone who uses it tends to become a like a bad person they they go dark so but we don't really see that we just see like oh we can wield it just fine exo stranger exo stranger and um Eris Morn and Drifter. Eris Morn and Drifter can wield it just fine. So, but like Aramis seemed to be okay, but I guess like I was thinking about it last night, and I guess the only evidence we that we have of it that it corrupts your perspective is that when Aramis and Varix first started working together, she was supposed to be the new Kell of Kells. Yeah. She was supposed to be the one who unites all the fallen in like a place of safety like she wasn't trying to create a new empire or whatever or or even specifically try to make a, a force strong enough to fight humanity again or destroy yeah, the traveler. It was supposed to be as Varric said it was supposed to be home not an empire yeah and then for whatever reason once she got a hold of dark powers for real all of a sudden she's not like you know protect fallen at all costs she says destroy the traveler so yeah, I guess, and I guess she's maybe, like, many of our people will die from it, yeah, so, uh, but it's worth the shit. So maybe that's the, the, the evidence that we're supposed to look at of like, Aramis had good intentions at the start, but once she started using dark powers, her goals were completely shifted. Well, also, uh, there were some lore pieces before, I think, in either Season of the Rival or before that, but uh, like Arnor um, mm-hmm. apparently found like, some guardians and ghosts that were dark and they actually had to kill them. Yeah. The uh, dredgens. So not necessarily dredgens, but they were like actual ones that were corrupted. Mm. Uh, and they had to like finish them off. Uh, like they were like, even the ghost is dark and it was like, oh shit. Also, uh, one of the uh, counterpoints to, you know, the dark is always evil is like, the light's not always good evil. Uh, that's either. the whole thing. Uh, when you talk to Eris over there, she's like, uh, the, you can do good with the dark just like you can do bad with the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does I mean, say that and it did it does make the, sense yeah back in the day of the iron lords there were also the warlords, warlords who were yeah. just guardians that refused to guard people they used their power to become tyrants yeah so it, it is like that does make sense too it's like it just depends how you take control of it because like uh it's really up to the user not the power it's really yeah. like the the one that holds the gun, not not the gun itself. True. Um, so it's gonna be interesting seeing that. But also, like uh, before we continue through the characters and everything else of the story, I do want to say really really fast. I see this as before we get Witch Queen. You know, we have three seasons between one of those seasons. Mm-hmm. I think, or at least I think it's two or three seasons, depending on because there was the delay and everything. Who knows if it's gonna be three, two or three seasons now? But um, James. I think we're going to get a character in one of the next seasons that will see that now everyone's getting the darkness and they have to decide 
that if some of them are worth having around or maybe they need to kill them off because their whole thing was you can take the darkness but make sure you don't get corrupted by it. I think one of these seasons is going to introduce Shin Malfour and he's going to come in as the man with the golden gun. Ooh, and he's going to see if you're worthy enough to live after you've taken in the darkness because if you seem corrupted, he will end you, which is his... He has always been... You can be a gray guardian like do dark and light but he, that's why he did the Red Dredgeons, because he wants to root out the more uh, dark ones and kill them off and make sure it's only the ones that would actually use the dark for good and stuff. So I think there's going to be a season with Shinmel for now. Uh, That'd be with really the darkness cool to being see introduced. him in person. Yeah, and I think it's going to start like you'll get, you'll get a cinematic with a guardian that has been corrupted, and he's going to basically kill him and be like, now let's see who's next. And he's going to like, well, and it's like, that's where your guardian comes in. Remember though, we've already seen the uh, at least the work of, of oh with uh, Dredgen, uh, Dredgen, um was it Dredgen Kane or Cat, I don't remember Cat. his name, but like the, the Drifter sends you on a quest at some point into the Dreaming City, and you go to the Ascendant Plane, and you find like the scorch marks yeah. of uh well he wasn't even bad uh, that Dredgen they did that as an example to set. He they he actually wanted him to do that because that was the ho- their whole plan, uh, to basically start the legend of like, hey, he's gonna hunt everyone down. Mm, yeah. So like I, the dredgen, yeah, the dredgen say... he killed was a good dredgen. Oh really? The, yeah. He he sacrificed himself as part of the message. Basically. Oh, I missed that. Huh. Yeah. Because uh, also Shin Malfer is a dredgen himself. I forget which one he is, but I think he's dredgen Vale. I want to say. Yeah. Um, but he did that to basically take control and make sure like they can control the narrative of like who wants the darkness and who needs to be rooted out. But that'll be cool. Uh, back to the the dark trinity now. The dark vanguard we are we're basically building up is uh, we got Varix. Like I said, he's the vendor in Europa. We have uh, Aramis, which is the boss, and all of her lieutenants, which you kill off like majority of them. But I think the remainder, once again, you will fight in the Deepstone Crypt. And then uh, we get uh, the other, kind of the other vendor, which is the uh, Exodus Ranger. We also get Eris Morn and we get the Drifter. And we get like that awesome cutscene with them where they start taking out the fall. Because uh, the whole thing is like uh, the darkness is like, hey, we're going to make a portal where you can commune with the darkness and get your power. But also like uh, this will take you to the ship eventually. This will take you to the Ziggurat ship. Uh, which I like that they're not called pyramid ships now. They're just called the ziggurat. Well, no, which is the really ziggurat cool. was the platform that you go to. Oh, was it? Yeah. The oh, pyramid shit. ship is still the pyramid. Oh, okay. Never mind. Damn. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you go to the ziggurat and you commune with the darkness and eventually it'll transport you to... Uh, you basically do it and unlock each... You do the tests it has you do. And eventually you get taken to the ship where you unlock the darkness power within you. Yeah, permanently. Uh, which is really cool. And the whole, the, the awesome thing with this story, this campaign is throughout it, the ghost, your ghost is talking to you, like how he's afraid of what's happening. He's afraid of how far you're going uh, and like what the darkness is doing yeah, to you both. Because it's only ever known the traveler. So it's just like, I don't know if I can ha- like keep helping you if you go too far. Yeah. So it's really cool uh, getting to see that interaction. Your, your character also gets to talk a little bit more too, which has been... A little bit. 
a little bit. And he's like, I'm going to break you, Aramis. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. So the only gonna... thing I have to break here is you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was, I love that shit, though. That was fantastic. Uh, Sunshades um, just, like, drop in front of him. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and my, all my three of my characters have the same voice, so I just heard the same voice, like, three times. Yeah, like, I have one female character, but... I, so, it's the same voice of the dude still. <laughs> so when I started up as my hunter... <laughs> my hunter is an exo my titan is a is a regular human and so it's just like wait they have the same voice that's fucking weird huh yeah they they just i I forget if you when you originally create your character i think you have two or three voice options for male and then same thing with female but i could be wrong i honestly don't know anymore but yeah so you do that you see uh basically the stranger calls upon aramis she's working with eris and drifter as you can see, like, that was the whole prelude of the arrival, is when you're going through, like, the prismatic shit, you have uh, Eris and Drifter working together on it, because Drifter's always, like, talked about how, like, it's stupid mm, to look yeah. at light and dark as good and bad, and Eris is like, we have to fight the dark using the dark, and we get that, too, because you see them using their powers in this awesome, really awesome cutscene, and Dude, you also Eris, see Drifter. Yeah, Eris fights with her ball? Yeah, she uses, like, her orb and shit, it's weird, and then Drifter uses trust. And you get to see trust in action. Trust. That was trust. And he's like, because he's always like, all right, guardian, trust. And it's like, dude, he is also a gunslinger, which is funny too. What I love about this is it feels like the dark, they're basically forming the dark vanguard. Like, yeah. Also, and that, weirdly, I thought that the Exo Stranger was a hunter because of her cape. I think she's a titan. Is she a titan? Yeah, because well, it like, felt, it the, looked like all three were hunters. Well, I think Ares is supposed to be the warlock type. No, she's a hunter. She was a hunter. Was she? Before she lost her light, Eris was a hunter. Oh, then. Never and mind, then. Drifter always just seemed like, especially with trust, because the whole thing with, um, when you look at all the crazy legends uh, of, like, the gunslingers, gunslingers are known to be, like, hunters. Like, when you mm-hmm. have a hand cannon, a hand yeah. cannon is the weapon of a hunter. Generally. And um, Drifter epitomizes that. Uh, it's, it's funny, because it's like, Eris is just known to be a hunter in the past. Drifter handles his weapon like a hunter. And uh, Exo Stranger looks like a hunter. And I'm just like, of course, all of the kind of like lone wanderers would be like hunters and dark. They would be the ones that go to the darkness and stuff. I'm like, oh, perfect. Even though at least by looks, James, by looks, um, like they like uh, in terms of visual, Eris looks like a warlock. Drifter looks like a titan and Exo looks like a, a hunter just in terms of visual. Well, the weird thing is, the reason why I thought that the uh, Exo Stranger might be a Titan was because in that cutscene, she finishes off the fight by, like, punching the ground and doing, like, a shatter quake. That is true, yeah. So I was like, that was the moment where I was like, oh, wait, she's a Titan? I like her even more. <laughs> yeah, that's why you can't, it's hard to tell, like, because also, like, when the, it shows the Drifter using stasis, he's just using the grenades uh, also to that, the walls. Yeah. Uh, whereas Eris, uh, I don't remember what she used specifically. She literally just fought with her ball. Yeah, but she. I could. What else did she? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what specific stasis stuff she did besides that. And uh, even notice, though, did you notice the ball was like blue? Yeah, she covers it nice. Yeah. Stasis. So. Yeah. So that was interesting too. I think that she used that as her instead of like a, a shuriken or pickaxe or whatever. Yeah. Like everyone has. Like it was that for her, which was kind of cool. Um, and that's still isn't that from Oryx's sword? I don't remember where that's from. I thought the Oryx's sword thing, she just gives you that crystal and you make your sword thing yourself. 
I think that was just a random hive rock that she's had for like forever. Yeah. We'll see. So yeah, we got those characters. Uh, I think after the campaign's over though, Drifter and Eris leave. So you just have yeah. the extra stranger there. So uh, after the campaign's over, you will still basically uh, work with Exo Stranger and Varric specifically on planet, which is really cool. Um, I like that we have two instead of one, uh, yeah. which is interesting. But um, that is honestly, we're a little bit over an hour forty-five, so uh, we're gonna we're going to s- probably stop here. Honestly, guys, we'll talk more about it. It's just kind of jumbled because yeah. we were just like, oh, we'll have a ton of time, and I didn't. Plus expect there's... to take all my time in the intro and then yeah we went a little yeah. long with mass effect i guess plus there's still plenty to talk about later because like we haven't even unlocked all our aspects to our stasis class or the yeah. extra grenades or anything you you haven't gotten the exotic uh grenade launcher yet so or whatever yeah. you even want to call it it technically shoots blocks of ice i guess they also reintroduced chaperone for new light i think like uh it seems like because you get uh you go to the cosmodrome which we'll talk about cosmodrome next time yeah. as well um but i guess let's just say this uh james were you satisfied with the campaign of new beyond light yeah i mean i guess i wish it was a little bit longer uh but i thought it was a nice well-told uh, story like for what it was Plus, like, I, plus the end game stuff. Uh, so far, I've been enjoying a lot. Yeah, I I love it so far. At least the campaign. I, I really did enjoy the campaign. I like that it's like all the fallen. I like that I got Barracks. I got Aramis. I kind of do want more still of Aramis too. Uh, yeah. I, I would like to see more of that kind of stuff. I'm not completely convinced that she's like gone for good. Yeah, I think that would be really cool if they bring her back in Deepstone Crypt Raid. Uh, but. I do like that there's, I mean, I'm also already like, oh, Jesus, but now there's a lot to do. There is mm-hmm. a lot to do here. And I am very happy that I was able to get through my specific in-game backlog of Destiny and I got everything done before either it left or it's stuff that would be there still like from uh, Shadowkeep or um, Forsaken or something. Yeah. But I got everything done. So I'm happy that now it's just this stuff I have to do and I can just focus on the now, which is really cool. But, so uh, yeah. one, the one last thing, I guess, for me that I've been thinking of, that's not really story related, but so there are three cla- uh, subclasses for your light powers. So far, there's only one dark subclass. And I've been trying to think like what other elements could they do if they want to do three light and three dark? What other elements could they do for other dark classes? And one that immediately jumps to mind, I don't know what the third one would be, but one that immediately jumps to mind that's already a damage class in the game is poison because of thorn. That would be really cool, James. That's actually a really good idea. I think poison would work also with like almost like plant life a little bit too. Like you could do some weird vine shit or something. I don't know. James, that actually is a great idea. So it's like, yeah. You have electricity, sunlight, and like the cool void, which void at this point also would have been dark if it was before, but a little bit. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, poison would be really cool, along with um, I don't know. It, yeah, I'm it, really struggling what what the third class would wind? be. Wind, that I did think about that because it that would be kind of within the the theme of the darkness of adaptability and just kind of going with the flow, I guess. Yeah. 
but that that's a that that would be really cool if we do that uh, you get each one in like you get the next one in witch queen you get the next one in lightfall that would be really dope i would yeah. love that where it's like you now have six uh and then after that it's just like okay we're done there is just yeah. like, <laughs> no more no more classes now destroy but, the traveler and the pyramids and yeah everything oh god who knows what life is gonna be that's too far away i'm not thinking about that right now but yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be it for today um we'll talk more about this next time and the time after that and the time after that i'm sure we'll, we'll figure it out I was honestly, yeah, we, we, we went into a, a fun thing. We're almost at two hours, which is insane. Yeah, I knew but, with we would have a lot to talk about for Destiny, and we didn't even get, like, probably halfway through what we could talk about. Yeah. Uh, but I'll go through kind of how you can follow us and everything, and then uh, a couple a couple announcements real fast. But uh, first off, of course, if you want to write into the show, uh, you can at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. If you want to give us uh, any feedback, positive or negative, or you want to ask us a question to read off on the show and we can answer it on the show. We always have time for that. Uh, let us know. Just do it. Uh, we'll do it because we haven't done it. <laughs> uh, but you can do that. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Sutra Side Talk. You can follow the show on Instagram now, of course, on Sutra Side Talk. And you can follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. You could follow me on Twitter at uh, GoGoComzilla. And of course, uh, if you can uh, subscribe or follow the show, uh, give us a like and give us a five-star review if you can, whatever it is for that platform. That would really help us out. But of course, the best thing you can do is share it, whether it's word of mouth, uh, via social media, or if you can, retweet us. If we put in a post on Instagram, put it on your story, uh, that kind of stuff would always help us out. We'd love it if you can do those types of things. That would really uh, really boost us out there to get more, uh, more listeners, which would be fantastic. But that said, a couple of announcements. One is uh, I hope to have potential changes for the show at the end of the year. Uh, I want to launch 2021 uh, We with potentially. Uh, I'm going to find time to really go into Podbean. If it looks good enough, I will potentially switch us over RSS feed to Podbean, which means uh, two things. Uh, one we would then be in a lot more different platforms. Uh, there would be pretty much, it would spread us automatically to all these different platforms that I don't have to go through by hand to basically connect the RSS to. And it would also give us better analytics of just seeing the statistics of who's listening, how many we get, because I can only view SoundCloud and Spotify. I have no idea how many Apple and Google listeners we have, hmm. uh, which is interesting. Yeah. But uh, with that said, if we do, I don't, what I need to figure out is will we lose everything we currently have? Uh, or will it basically be like, if you go on Apple podcast, will you see two future side talks? Will it be the one from when we were on at SoundCloud on our SRS RSS? Or will it be like also now a second one with uh, Podbean two, or will it kind of cleanly transfer where it's still just one and it's just the RSS feed change? Uh, I'm not too sure yet. Uh, how it's going to work. I haven't, like I said, I still have to go and look into it. I'm going to make a lot more time in the last month and a half to figure a lot of other things out. Just, uh, I guess, toning down the gameplay, James. So I'm going to be focusing on, on a lot of uh, outside of game things, the more real life aspects that I should have been focusing on for a while. Uh, but that will be one of them. So potentially we might launch with the new RSS in 2021 with a lot more platforms to listen to. Uh, and then the other thing is with that, we may also, uh, launch a more, uh, Sutra Sidewatch style 
movie commentaries like Apollo City does. Because uh, I did, I actually talked to Brandon, the host of a uh, not uh, SF Brandon, but El Paso Brandon, uh, who's mm. the host of Apollo City, and we were talking about like uh, besides that, I wanted to do some DC animated commentaries for us and have them join us. Uh, we might also do. I don't know if you'd be up for it, James, but we might do a uh, more non-comic book themed movie commentaries like as an example the james bond films and some other stuff uh so we might end up doing that too in 2021 we'll see uh but also i know amazon now apparently has podcasting so i might be looking into that after podbean if it's not included so it might be on amazon and then i still have to check in to see if we might or might not be on youtube as well so we're going to be figuring out all that kind of stuff to see exactly what the future of the show is going to look like. But you'll see all those changes more or less in 2021 in January when we do implement them. And I'm sure I'll announce stuff beforehand, just so you know, especially if we do switch RSS feeds. I will uh, give everyone a heads up if it does change anything or if you have to do something to come back to it. But uh, for sure, I'd make a big deal out of it. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but that is it for the announcements. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up for that kind of stuff. Uh, with that said, James, I think that's it. We'll catch you next week with probably a shorter episode with only one week's worth of news uh, instead of two and probably more Destiny talk. I also should probably play some Astros Playroom and Spider-Man and Miles Morales. We'll see. Uh, I should probably actually utilize let my me, PS5. Let me live vicariously through you and tell yeah. me how that controller feels. I'm so okay. jealous. <laughs> yeah. But all right, guys, we'll catch you next week. So long. Thanks for listening.